The Smokers Club presents Bub's World Podcast presentation with your host, me, Shice Bubs. Yeah, what's up? It's your boy Shice Bubs, Mr. Ikey the IBD. I'm back on another podcast episode. You already know what it is. Hi! So, you know, we've been talking about a lot of things on these podcast episodes. We've been talking about the Piff. We've been talking about Backwoods, how to roll Fonto, you know. But today, I got a special invited guest, you know what I mean? Part of the reason why Bubs Row even was brought to you, you know what I mean? So let me let me introduce my special invited guest. Special invited guest, say what's up to the people. Shice, what up? It's your boy Killer Cam, Cameron Dipset, baby. What's good? Yeah. What's good, Killer? What's poppin', man? Hey, shit, man. You know, just got in the crib, had a long day today. Came to fuck with you for a minute. Yeah. That's that, man. How you been? Chilling, you know. Been on these podcast episodes. So, you know, there's a lot of things that, you know, I feel like the people, they need to hear from the horse's mouth. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. One of the things for, like, a lot of the young people out there, you know, there's been a lot of trends throughout the years that that are going on in the industry now that I feel like, personally, being a fan of hip-hop, started from the whole diplomat movement. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I'm happy to say that I was a part of that movement. You know what I mean? Definitely. Big part. You know what I mean? Yep. Yeah. So, how did how did the whole concept of diplomats come about for all the young kids out there who love Dipset because they feel like they grew up on it, but they just don't really know the history? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> well, Dipset came about basically. Um, you know, I, I met Jewel. See, I had a record deal already. It wasn't really that good of a record deal. Then um, my man Tove introduced me to Jewel. Me and Jim was always friends. Jim wasn't rapping or doing nothing. That was just my man. Y'all went to high school together? Nah, we just... His grandmother and my grandmother lived in the same building. Okay. So, you know, you go see your grandmother on the weekend or whatever. I, I, you know, on the I'm from the west side, but I go to the east side every weekend to see my grandmother. And I met him over there on the east side, uh, visiting my grandmother. And uh, we just, you know, I ain't hang out with Jim at a young age. I started hanging out with Jim when I was probably like, 1920, something like that. I knew him from about 10, 11 years old, but we never really... Grandma grandma's house. Yeah, exactly. But uh, but after, you know, about 18, 19, 20, we started hanging out tough. And he didn't really rap too much. But then Jewel's told, my man told, kept telling me about Jewel's. And I met Jewel's and he was dope, but I didn't really have a great situation at that time for my record deal, so I couldn't really help nobody else. But... Uh, Jim started rapping. We started teaching him the format on how to rap, and he got nice with it. And then uh, I started putting a little team together. You know, it wasn't nothing definite. And uh, we called Diplomats because it was a sexy name. You know what I'm saying? Right. And um, So it wasn't like a premeditated thing. It was like, I'm going to start this group called the Diplomats. Nah, it was like we was all hanging out, and then we came up with the name. You know what I'm saying? I put Jewel, by this time on my second album, if you even listen, Jim's on my first album, Jewel's on my second mm-hmm. album, before we was the Diplomats. They would, I put them more It's like the Came Up record. Type yeah, part. exactly. Just to be That on, was fire. Just to be on the album, you know what I'm saying? So, um, what happened was, I seen a, I, I, I was getting a little money too, so I seen this Feds magazine, and they had, and everybody went crazy about it at the time. It was like Alpo, Rich Porter, and a bunch of people who had furs on and stuff. You know what I'm saying? Furs and leather jackets and all that. And I was like, people was going crazy about it. So we we started doing music outside of my album also. And we was on everybody's mixtape, whether it was DJ Clue at the time or Ron G back then or whoever was hot. We was on like 10 different mixtapes just putting music. K-Slay, of course. Mm-hmm putting mad people music out. And I'm like, yo, we could do our own mixtape. We got 12, 13 songs on other people joint. Nobody, no artist ever did a mixtape before as their own mixtape. It was always on the DJ's mixtape. So then back to what I was saying about the Fed magazine. Uh, the Fed magazine came out and everybody's going crazy because they had lovers and furs and all that. And I'm looking at it and I'm like, yo, I got these furs in my house. So I got lovers in my house and people going crazy. So... What I did was I got with 
with all of us, including you. And mm -hmm. um, I was like, yo, you can take a picture like this with Nan Furs on and just put music behind it. You know what I'm saying? See, I didn't even know that's what the inspiration was. <laughs> yeah. It was like, Bubsy, bring your fur. Yeah. Come through. Yeah. I'm like, we all doing a little something. You know yeah. what I'm saying? We always doing a little something. And people was going so crazy about this one picture from the Feds magazine. I'm like, it was a dope picture. It's still a dope picture. But I'm like, they not really doing nothing. And I can't say what they doing or what. That was doing. the picture with... <laughs> Rich and all and all of the faces blurred out and all that, right? Yeah, but it, it when the Fed magazine wasn't blurred out, they showed everybody's face. But it was just furs and lovers, and I was like, people going crazy about this, man. Listen, we got furs and lovers, so I rounded up my boys, including you, Jim, mm -hmm. Jewels, everybody. Even if you didn't have a fur, we we had a fur for you. You had your own fur quilt. I'm just saying, we gonna make sure you had a fur on. We put the music, some good music behind that picture. And we put out our first mixtape, and it kind of just took off and, and had a life of its own after that. That was that was epic. That was like, that was one of the highlights, like my top five moments. Yeah, that was one of them. Yeah, and I was I was fresh off the block. It felt like you know yeah. what I mean. It was like yo, Bubsy, come through. Yeah, you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was, to be honest, it was one of mine too. Because who would have knew that would have worked? You know what I'm saying? It was more of an experiment. Because like I said, you can't name one artist. You know nowadays. You can sit here and say, yo, go get my mixtape. They got websites for niggas' mixtapes. You know what I mean? Right. We was the first group ever to have your own mixtape that wasn't on the DJ's, or a song on the DJ's mixtape. Then, you know, we got K-Slater hosting. So it was dope. Uh, you also was like the first person on the DVD circuit mm -hmm. with the Smack DVD. Like, yeah. Smack came out through Diplomats, it seemed like, to me. Yeah. Am I right? Well, not really. I'm not going... Not that he came out, I but... I know what you're saying. He used us... It was so it. early, it was just like... Yeah, they're like... I'm not going to lie, Smack. Smack, uh... Because you always fuck with the... I ain't going to yeah. lie, like, you always have fucked with the top players in the game that the streets always love. Yeah. I mean, they kind of gravitated us. It ain't like I knew Smack from nowhere. Smack made sure he was around. Right. You know what I'm saying? It ain't like I know I don't even know to this day what Barrow Smack is from, and that's my man. I'm just saying he would make sure he around because we was the new flavor and he was kind of the new flavor. We didn't we need we didn't have cameras rolling around with us every day. So it was kind of dope for somebody to be taping everything that we was doing, whether we was gonna rent a mansion in Miami or condos or whatever we was doing, he had that camera crew around back then to tape it and it was cool with us, you know what I'm saying? To me, it's like we kind of came up together. I don't want to say he, I put him on because, and I didn't. I didn't buy him no cameras. I didn't get him. He no was doing clothes. his thing. He was doing his thing. He played his he played his part in what he was doing. Absolutely, yep. He he kind of broke us too, Purple yeah. City. Yeah, absolutely. He broke our video, you know yep. what I'm saying? Shout out yeah. to Smack. Yeah. Yep. He's always kept it 100 with me, you yeah. know what I mean? Absolutely, I fuck with Smack. And even, you know, I like Smack because, you know, some people just get caught up in the time warp and complain about what they used to do and what they're not doing today where he kept hustling and grinding and figured out a way to stay relevant. So I, I respect him for that. So that's 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 good. This is like the history of diplomats for all you out there who claim that y'all dipset fans. Now y'all hear from the you hear from the captain's mouth, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So fast forward sixteen years, because it's been it's twenty sixteen diplomats Started in 1999, yeah, 90, basically. Well, I, I always put 19, we put on our shirts in seven. 1997? Yeah, 97, that's when Bloodshed died. And uh, that, for people who don't know Bloodshed, that was my partner that I really rap with, and, and we was a group chilling of the corn. But he died, and that's when I started forming up. We necessarily wasn't the diplomats, but that's when I started rounding up everybody to try and form the diplomats. So we always put established in 1997. But we actually didn't have the mixtape out until you said about probably 2000 or something like that. Yeah, 2001. 2001. Yep. I mean, um, I see that the mural is getting repainted over. Mm -hmm. Is that something that, you know, you what, do every couple years or? Now, to be honest. Or is this the first retouch? Yeah, to be honest, what happened was uh, with, with the Bloodshed mural, uh, they, they they tried to surprise me for my birthday. I didn't even know what was going on. I rolled past it, and a lot of people was trying to texting me and put it on my gram that somebody you know painted over the mural. So I called Duke about it, and they was all telling me lies and everything. Then on my birthday, they told me they just wanted to get it done up for me for my birthday 
because uh, like it never been touched up. So right. I, I have to be honest, my man KD put that all together. Shout out to KD. Yeah, shout out to KD. I didn't have nothing to do with it. I was furious because I thought somebody, somebody <laughs> just violated and painted over, nah. painted over the mural. So, nah, you hold too much weight in Harlem for yeah, that. Yeah, so, you know, basically I left it in Duke hands and Duke kept giving me the runaround until <laughs> I asked him. But even though it's almost finished now, they was actually out there last night putting some finishing touches on it. But, uh, um, yeah, they my man KD put that together to try to <laughs> surprise me for my birthday. <clears throat> God bless you. He just didn't, uh, did, homeboy just didn't get done by my birthday, so. So let's recap the birthday. How was that for you? Yeah. you just turned forty. Yeah. Is it has is it a milestone for you? How you feel yeah, about being forty now? Definitely, like you know. Because before you was forty, now you forty. Yeah, you know it's you know when you young you try to be like oh you old or this that to other people and this and that, but you know coming from where we come from and the lifestyle we live, it's a blessing really to be forty years old and to still be relevant. People want to buy your merchandise. People still book you for shows and. And I haven't put music out, music, music in about four or five years. So for people to still want to know what I'm doing is dope. But just to be 40 years old, music and no music, to be alive where we come from and not be in jail or not be in distress is a blessing. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So a lot of people always say they don't want to get old, but they don't want to die young. When you're born, that's the only two choices you got. You're going right. to get older, you're going to die young, man. I want to get that. older. So I'm happy about that. So you were just talking about Duke the God, right? Yeah. And not too long ago, you basically broke the internet with issues that he had with Karen Civil. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then right after that, a producer that used to work with you, A-Rap Music, he got shot. You know, like, what's the situation with the Karen Civil shit? Because it's like, you know... It, it was a lot of things on the internet, you know. I don't know if she got to to say her part about what she was saying or what you said, you well, know. Well, with Karen, you know, Karen worked for Duke and Duke worked for me. And um, I'm not here to put Duke business out. That's his business if he wants to do it. Mm -hmm. But the situation you're talking about is Karen had uh, went on a blog or a podcast. I don't know where it was at, but I heard it. Right. And she was saying that, uh, Dip Dipset got kicked out of Def Jam because Jay Z won a parking spot that I had, and I went and moved the car. And, and that she wanted to move it. And she wanted to move, and I told her no. <laughs> and I'm like, the story is just ridiculous. First of all, because let's just do this. First of all, to me, just straight up and down. Let's get this out the way. I respect Jay Z. Whatever people think that that's my arch nemesis, my enemy. Listen, B, that man is from the ghetto. He's from Marcy Projects, like all of us in the inner city. And to be where he's at now is amazing. Amazing as a, a black youth growing up in New York City. You know what I'm saying? To make it the way he's at, I respect his hustle, his business, and his accomplishments, even moving into the sports world. You know what I'm saying? Right. So I respect everything that he's doing. Him and Juan. Juan is my man, too. So I respect what they're doing. I want to get that out the way. But back to what you were saying about Karen, the story she said is to me, you belittling Jay-Z as well because you're like, yo. He made a petty decision. Yeah, not no, not petty decision. You're saying Jay-Z's hopping out on people looking at part toy by own this parking spot in New York City. That, right. Like, so when Jay-Z pulls up somewhere, he supposedly looks at somebody and they're supposed to give him their parking spot. I'm not even going to hold you, B. Every time, not every time, since I signed the... Jeff J. Rockefeller, that man had a driver. He never was even driving when I was around. Not saying he didn't drive cars or whatever. Why would he be looking for a parking spot when he has a driver and there's no parking on the block she's talking about anyway? If you ever go to 50th Street, you can't park there till after 7 p.m. Everybody parks in the parking lot. And Jay-Z didn't even park in the parking lot. He had a driver. So I'm like, why would you even make Jay-Z seem like he's that petty? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yo, he, he wasn't that type of person to be looking at people and be like, I want a parking spot. So I thought the story was ridiculous. And then my other point with that is like Karen worked for us for years. And like I said, she did what she did with Duke, took his money or whatever, took took Duke's money or whatever. And, and like I said, I'm not here. I'll let Duke tell that story, even though it's from my company she took the money from. But 
You don't say that you work for us for years. You give everybody else a shout out, and that's fine with me. I don't care, but I'm not here for shout outs. I'm even proud of her with her accomplishments or whatever. However, she scratched and crawled or stole a bit to get here, <laughs> whatever. You there. You know what I'm saying? So for you to tell the first story about working with Cameron and Duke the God or with Dipset is this parking space story. I'm like, nah, you're not going to do that. You know what I'm saying? You're going to say we got kicked out of Def Jam over a parking space? That's crazy. We love Def Jam because L.A. Reed came to Def Jam. And it was in shambles. Not necessarily shambles. Okay, when I'm at Def Jam, and for people who don't know because they only know the Irv Gotti's and the Dame Dashes and the Jay-Z's of the world, we all, including myself, whether it was Irv, Jay-Z, Dame, whoever, had to go upstairs and talk to Kevin Lyles, Julie Greenwalk, Julie Greenwalk, and, and Leo Cohen. All of us. They was the bosses of everybody. The bosses. The bosses of the bosses. So I had a relationship working with them for the last three, four, five years, however long I was there. And they was leaving going to Warner Brothers to pick up a whole new batch of money. And L.A. Reid came to Def Jam. And, um, you know, Leo and them left and Kevin Lyles and them left. And Joey I.E., they gave Joey I.E. a job and Tom Moskowitz a job at Asylum. And they had a bunch of money waiting for me. So when L.A. Reed came, he he wanted me to stay. He asked me, like, Cam, please stay. I know the car only got three wheels, but I'm going to get this thing running. And I said, I told L.A. Reed, I said, look, I don't doubt that. I know your history. I know your work. I know I know what you do for artists. But I got a big, big bag <laughs> waiting for me, man. You know what I'm saying? If you could That be, bag must have been big. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I had a relationship with Lior and Julie and Kevin already. And I'm like, you know... uh, let me go finish what I started over here, over here with these people. And he was kind of, he didn't have to let me out. He was kind of like, Cam, trust me, I'm going to get it back. I was like, yo, I, I believe you. I'm not doubting you, but your bag is not going to be this bag. And, you know, I, I, I already knew, I already knew Leo and them work. So I was like, let me get the bag and work with people that I've been working with. And he was like, Cam, no problem. I get it. And he let me out the deal. When I left out the deal, I moved to Warner Brothers and took everybody with me that was at Dipset, including Karen, and gave her an office right. with Duke the God. You know what I'm saying? So that's what kind of irked me about the story, too, because I'm like, you don't know how we left Def Jam, but when we left Def Jam, it wasn't two days before I put you in the office in the Warner Brothers building. So you're talking about we got kicked out, Cam got kicked out of Def Jam. So let's say I did. You got kicked out, too, because you was with us. And then we didn't get kicked out, but when I made Buster move, I gave you an office. I didn't take an office. I gave Jim and Duke my offices, the two offices I had, and told them to run things. And Karen was running things for Duke, so she had her own office in Warner Brothers. Right. You know what I mean? So that story she said rubbed me the wrong way. And that's why I said what I said. You know what I'm saying? I talked about her taking the money from Duke. Have you spoke to her? No, she don't want to talk to me. She's right. not, she not going to talk to me. Because she know that I don't want to Duke. Duke and her got another relationship. I can't explain it. I said, I don't know. That's something for him to talk about. But, right. <laughs> but me, I ain't never said nothing bad about Karen. And she ain't worked for us for the last seven, eight years. She basically, I, I mean, from my knowledge and my experience with her, you know what I mean? Yeah. And my experiences was very short. Mm -hmm. I remember her when she was um my homie Uncasa's girlfriend. Right. You know, that's when I first met her. Mm -hmm. And yeah, she was unconscious girlfriend. You know, and I remember, uh, and she was just like moving through the ranks. It was cool. You know what I mean? It was like cool watching her. You know, even when she got with Duke mm -hmm. to work with him, it was like you know she's yeah she's going up the food chain, mm -hmm. uh, so to speak. She was she started working with Flex. Yep. Right then, whatever happened with Duke, it seemed like she left. She just left from over here because you know. It was fresh. It was like yo, she stole money. Whatever yeah, the case, she yeah. was to L.A. Mm -hmm. She you started over. We kind of, I felt like we respected that. Yeah. From being from the bottom, it was like, all right, yeah. you did a dirty deed. Yeah. You left, mm -hmm. which is is kind of ballsy. Yeah. You went all the way over there and you started fresh. You started over, mm -hmm. you know, and. Yeah, I mean. But to like, come back with that story was kind of disrespectful. I it was like. very disrespectful because like you said, we know what you did and we never said nothing publicly about it. He never said anything. We knew it's a bunch of people like when when I said that, you know what I mean? People 
came out with other stories. Another dude told said, yo, she took 50 from me. Another girl said, yo, she cleaned out my boyfriend's bank account when he was in jail. And if you already know, you know, these, the, I'm not going to say their name, but the quote unquote publications that's on social media that report, if, even if Kim Kardashian fought, they report everything. Mm -hmm. They didn't report the story because she has relationships with them. Right. But at the end of the day, what you got to realize is this, because a couple, not a lot of people, but a few people like, oh, Kim, you dissing Karen. I'm like, I didn't diss Karen. I told what's real and I told the facts. And she said my name before I said her name. I haven't mentioned that girl name do in you, years. Do you feel like you um, cyberbullying to her? No, not at all. Not at all. Like, I'm not bullying. First of no, all. No, did you, do you feel like you incited it, though? Did I start it? Yeah. No, my thing is this. I don't. I don't do anything to start it, and I don't know if I started or not, but if I did, that wasn't my intentions. Mm -hmm. My intentions were to defend myself right. and to defend my business reputation and to defend, so to speak, so to speak, in a weird way, me and Jay-Z's quote-unquote cool and bad relationship. And like, everybody the sees- The story was irrelevant. I heard yeah. the interview, and yeah. I mean, mm -hmm. it seemed kind of forced. Yeah. I wasn't. I wasn't trying to bully her. First of all, it's called defense. You you say my name. You tell this bogus story. So I I tell the truth, and I'm a bully. Nah, I'm just defending myself. If you notice, that's what I'm gonna say. Is a few people on my page who say, "Oh, you doing this for can?" No, she said my name and she said a bogus story. I'm just defending myself. I'm not doing nothing derogatory. But don't say my name. That goes for whoever you know. And this ain't no rap battle, but it's a new day and age with Jay-Z, with 50 Cent, with Nas. And I never back down from any of them. And they're all threatening artists. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> exactly. I'm, they're dangerous artists to deal with, but... That's hip-hop. Yeah, this it is. It's the strong survive. You know exactly. What I mean? But if you notice, what people should realize is this. If I'm saying what's, if, what I, if I'm saying anything that's a lie, and that goes for you, Joe, Jack, John, Sean, Vaughn, Don, whoever... We have a platform these days to defend yourself. And you can say what you want. Karen has yet to answer these allegations that are not allegations, that are facts. She just damage controlled it. Yeah, she never answered whether it really happened or not. She just ignored it, act like it didn't happen, put up other things, and, and never answered the question because everybody's like, what happened? Did you do this? Did you not do it? She can't answer it because it's still proof that she did it. So right. that's the part people aren't paying attention to who like Karen Civil and you know, if you like her, that's not a problem. I, like I said, I never had nothing bad to say about Karen. But the thing is this, why don't you answer the questions if Cam is such a bully or Cam is lying or Cam is whatever. I'm not saying nothing that's not true. I'm just defending myself and stating facts at the same time. I don't feel like she thinks that you're a bully. I just feel like she give it off that she feels that you incited bullying. Because people were going at her from all different angles, you know. Well, the thing is, this, because you know how people they they going, you know what I mean? Well, it's like, well, and that's not even how you feel. Well, listen, let me give you an example, and this is today. We we uh we live in that era, and I like I said, if it was done, it wasn't done purposely. I'll give you a great example, and this is on a way bigger level than what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. I'm looking at today how how uh. Something happened. I don't actually know the cause, so don't quote me on how it started. But now, some type of way, Beyonce and Rihanna are going at it over some new publication that Rihanna, quote unquote, fake posted or she did post. Like, basically trying to say, and like I said, I don't know if this is true now. I was just reading it. I didn't do the mm -hmm. due diligence on it. But saying that she's dealing with somebody that's not to die or whatever. So now, all on Beyonce's page, you got these Rihanna fans <laughs> under her. Today, I just seen the five minutes with you. Or you got all these Rihanna fans under Beyonce page saying Rihanna's better than you. You got all these Beyonce fans, people on Rihanna's page saying, oh, she got 20 Grammys, you only got eight, you can never be Beyonce. So, is that cyberbullying? Because it's the same thing that happened to Karen. It is, though. You know what I'm saying? Like, they, I, I feel like that's the whole what the whole thing is about. It's not. I, I don't think it's just about your situation, but all of these situations. The point being is this: if you, I don't think it's cyberbullying, I think it's having fun. The thing is, to this, be honest, if you really want to control that, this is the thing. You can say it's a cyberbully or whatever, but if you really want to control it, and I think that's why it's dope where you could 
state your opinion or how you feel. Because I was watching, and this is a comedy show from D.L. Hughley years ago. He's telling, he said a story on one of his shows. Oh, they bothered me on Facebook about his daughter. Somebody, I don't remember exactly what, they bullied me on Facebook. Turn the computer off. This isn't physical when somebody has fingers right. in your face. Yeah. Or, or, you don't or like it, turn. You turn or turn it off or don't look at it. You have that option. Secondly, what I was going to say, if people feel that way and it's bullying because of comments or whatever, the bigger person you should go to besides a person like me or Karen or Beyonce or Rihanna, because we're not the ones doing it, it's the fans. So the person you should go to is a person like Instagram and be like, you know what? No more comments. Just put the picture up. And if you like the picture, you like it. Or if you don't like it, keep it moving. You can eliminate that it, right, it, there. right there. If you want to, if you feel like that and people really feel like that, you can World go, Star figured that out. <laughs> did they? I don't really be on World Star. I mean, sometimes people disable the comments so you can't even see the comments because, yeah. you know, people don't want to so, put their content so, and get bombed. Yeah, <laughs> so now, so that's what I'm saying. You go on World Star and you can't comment. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. That's my point exactly. If you really, if, if people feel that this is such a big problem, all Instagram has to do a, whoever Snapchat or whatever or Twitter, when people post something, don't let other people reply. It's that simple. It's not like if you come up with all these great apps, you just said we'll start doing all these sites could do that if you really want to eliminate quote unquote bullying from it. All you got to do is put no more comments and then way nobody can say nothing. They like your picture or they don't like it and your opinion doesn't count. So that's something bigger than me or mm -hmm. bigger than Rihanna, Beyonce or Karen or whoever else is having a problem. Go to these social sites and you can put the pictures up, but don't let them comment. That, that's what the PR people got to do. Exactly. You know what I mean? So I don't really feel it's nothing. Like I said, I'm still standing by what I say. I, it's, it's the facts. I'm defending myself, first of all, because I never said nothing about her. And third of all, it's a way to eliminate that. It's bigger than me. I don't own Instagram or Twitter or these social sites. Stuff to them and eliminate right. the comments. So I know that you use social media a lot, like Instagram. You use that as a platform. Yeah. Um, you're not you're not on Snapchat though. Nah, not yet. So um, why do you why do you like Instagram as opposed to something like a Snapchat? Because Instagram, first of all, it's two things. Instagram, I can set up scenarios or have fun with it. I'm not opposed to Snapchat. I just mm -hmm. haven't done. Snapchat seems like you got to do it all day. It's live right then and there. First of all, second of all, even when I put up a picture on Instagram or a video on Instagram or whatever, I'm never going to put it up in real time. Right. So if I'm out eating somewhere and be like, I'm having dinner, I'll post the picture of me eating an hour later. Or I'll post a... You don't like the you don't, don't like the want, real time. I don't want people knowing where I'm at, where I'm really there, because people come and want to talk and have a big stable. Yeah. And you know, I'm just from that era where from other shit. You know, it's a different day and age, but I still yeah, got the mentality. Be, yeah, I, feel I you know. I feel you. You I'm from an era where I was actually I give you a story. I was with my girl and um she went to get I took her and this is in Florida, so I took her to get her head done. And uh I get there and some people are fighting this shit. Some girls. I'm like, what the fuck happened? I get out the car, make sure it's her. She's like, nah, this girl has some beef with some other girls that she posted on Facebook. She was getting her hair done here. They came two cars deep, six bitches, and jumped her. They was on her. Yeah, they was on her. You know what I'm saying? And so that's part of the reason I don't really do live real time with certain things. You know what I'm saying? Right. You know, I don't have no beef today, thank God, or whatever, but I just come from everywhere. I have a lot of beef, you know <laughs> what I'm saying? So I just don't do a lot of things in real time. And Snapchat, it's nothing wrong with it, but it's just more, to me, it's more real time and it's more showing where you're at at that particular time. So I see you on Periscope too. Mm -hmm. That's like real time though. That's definitely real time. But see, the thing with Periscope is no time limit. You know what I'm saying? So I look at that as this is almost a live TV show. It's like a stream. Yeah, it's a stream. You know what I mean? That's a great point because that's real time also, but it's it's not nine seconds. Right. It could be 
15 seconds or it'll be an hour. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So if I do stuff on Periscope, I, I set up a scenario like I did the fight one at the basketball game, so I did the like one on one face off with Jesse Sapp and a a butter. That's the next thing I want to talk about. Yeah, and then I'll put Periscope if I get the Duke House and it's live and it's looking like a fucking club in there. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? So it's different scenarios, but it's not limited to time limit on Periscope. It's right, like, it's not like you got to post every day. Or- yeah, yeah, and it's like I said, it can be three hours. You can put your phone down. Because I know once you get on, yeah. it's lit. Like, yeah. it's yeah. everybody's tuning in. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll be tuning in, seeing what's going on. Yeah, yeah. So, I don't feel restricted, and it is real-time stuff, but it's more of something that I'm promoting or what I'm about to do. Or even from having fun, Duke House, like, if I'm Periscope, for instance, be at Duke House having a party or whatever... It's more of a, I can't believe this shit is going on. Right. It fucking dukes out. You got to <laughs> fucking see this shit. Because people will put up shit that will be chilling and duke out. People like, yo, we club y'all at? This yo, is which like shit? Mon- yeah, this is Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, yeah, Friday. Friday. Yeah, so it's like. Not even on the weekends. Yeah, they see strobe lights. They see white, the black, the Chinese. You know, we got all type of different cultures in there. It's like, yo, people like, where y'all at? And I, even me, I've been coming. I, I know dukes are nine, ten years old. I still find them days when I walk in this house like, what the fuck is going on in here? Right. So that's why I like do that. Like Sofa Lounge. Yeah, because even with the gram, you still only get 15 seconds. You can't really capture the whole essence of do what the fuck Twitter? is going in there. Yeah, definitely. Twitter, everything I put on my gram, I send it to Twitter also. But see, this is the whole thing. A lot of people, right, they, they use Instagram, I feel like, and they send it to Twitter. Like even myself, I was doing that a lot. Like I sent all my pictures but I wouldn't really be on Twitter. Yeah. Well, with me, I go on Twitter for more business than personal because, you know, you got, I still I still watch CNN or I still want to watch World News right. or I still want to see what Stephen A. Smith said for sports. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And a lot of these older people who still have knowledge that I'm trying to receive, you can't get it from the gram. You know what I'm saying? And right. it's a lot of knowledge on Twitter. A lot of people don't like to read. Yeah. So they go on Instagram, see a picture. picture and they be good. And, and it's like a magazine. Good. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> with with Instagram, I'm still getting, I go there for knowledge, even though I'm following some ratchet people too, but I go to specific pages to get information. You know, there's still like a news feed. Everybody has a Twitter, whether it's the Daily News, whether, like I said, it's MSNBC, whether it's motherfucking news, um, BCC in London, everything has publication. So when I go to Twitter, it's more to get information because I'm a dude that used to buy the newspaper every day since I was 12 years old, every mm-hmm. single day. So now I still go on Twitter or I go to my newspaper stand app because believe it or not, people just think Cam's crazy, but I'm selling that. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying I'll have fun Can with you see? Could you see yourself having like a social media network with catered to different things like that? Yeah, but not day to day for me to I would I would support it and be on top of it and help whoever I, that I hire out, but not every single day. You know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. I'm a creative too. Right. You know what I'm saying? When you're a creative, you create. Like I like to get information and I like to learn and all that shit too. But I still like to create. People like who have these publications and these newspaper outlets and whatever. That shit is almost a 24 hour job. You know what I'm saying? Like if you look at certain publications that's on social media. They're posting six, seven times an hour, 24 hours a day. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I don't know how many people they got working with them or for them or whatever, but this something that you got to stay on top of to stay ahead of the other publications. I tell people this about the newspaper. If everybody stayed in their house today and nobody went outside in the whole world, a newspaper going to come out tomorrow because you the news is going to come out. There's no day where they'll be like, oh, there's no news yesterday. Right. It's not, oh, there's no news yesterday, so we can't put out paper. The newspaper is going to come out every day if nothing happens. They're going to find something old to talk about. So when, in that line of business, you got to stay ahead of the curve and stay busy and stay on top of it. I like the information, and I'm a creative. Mm-hmm. Me being creative, I'm not going to have time to do that all day, every day. Right. Yeah. But there's nothing wrong with hiring a mean team and supporting them if that's what their passion is. But as for me doing it every day... I can't. I like to be creative too much. So from looking at the Instagram, you know, like with the you were talking about the um the sap and a butter basketball game. Mm-hmm. 
That was that was interesting because it was like it seemed like something you did on the fly. Yeah. But it was big. It was it had a big turnout. Yeah. And the concept is great. Mm-hmm. Road to the rim. Yeah. Like, is that something that you're gonna probably like pitch to ESPN or NBC, mm-hmm. the NBA? Because I know you connected with all the NBA mm-hmm. players. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know well, I mean? yeah, well, not all, yeah, but you know what I mean. Yeah, I know what you said. You know what's interesting about that? You're right. I them both my homies, so I just want to see them play, and they took on a life of his own. And it just got bigger and bigger. But I, but I, we started talking about Monday. The game was Sunday. We had 500 people at the gym. We had 19,000 streams on Ustream. And now it's a bunch of different people, I won't say, want me to help them out with their tournaments and their stuff. Because for one-on-one, you got people who got tournaments every year. While we went to summer, spring, fall, while we're tournaments, they can't get 100 people to come to their tournament to see people play. But they're like, Kim, you got over 500 people and almost 20,000 streams for a one-on-one game. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? So people have been calling me all week, Kim, we should do this, we should do that. Yo, I want you to help me with this. Yo, it's a tournament, we got to do that. So I was saying to myself, this is something that I could take to the people that I work with, whether it's Stan Sox, whether it's Reebok, whether it's Hypnotic, the people that I do work and help them get involved sponsoring these one-on-one games. But the game's got to be sexy. It's like, you know, now since I did that, everybody, oh, I play him, oh, I play him, I'm the best. Yo, you can play ball, but that don't mean people know who you are. You know what I'm saying? If mm-hmm. the game ain't sexy, I'm not going to do it. But um, it's something that I'm definitely trying to do more often. And if it could be regularly, like at least every month or every other month, every you know, every two months, that'd be dope. But it just can't be random basketball players. You got to have an appeal to you. Like, you know, the thing about that game, and I never promoted it because I didn't want any violence, and I'm so happy it wasn't no violence, but it was a big deal about the east side against the west side. Jesse sat from the east side, A Butter from the west side. A Butter talk a lot of shit. Jesse <laughs> Sapp's kind of quiet. It was a big east side, west side thing, and the thing that was dope... The that, rivalry was there. It was crazy. So the thing that was dope about it was that, first of all, it was no beef. It was no problems. Them two niggas is cool with each other, whether people know it or not. Them two is like brothers also. Mm-hmm. So that was cool. There was no problem. It was cool that after the game, they were still cool with each other. Everybody was straight. And we got along for a peaceful event. But um, Who did you think was going to win? Well, with me, I'm never going to go against a butter until he loses. It's like <laughs> Floyd Mayweather. You know, i never seen him lose ever. Right. But I know a butter's a little older and he's not playing ball like he used to. Ray Butter would play ball six, seven times a day. Now he's doing stock market stuff. He, you know, I'm really proud of him as a human being also. You know what I'm saying? A lot nah, of people, but that was cool, though. Yeah, a lot of people don't know that A, you know, A Butter five years ago would have went crazy if he lost that game. He's in a different space in life. Mm-hmm. You know, he found a new path with God. And not only God, he's getting money in the stock market. He has one of the dopest business partners that you can get, you know, and just I'm gonna take a second, two seconds to tell people what he's doing. What he's doing is working with some people that sell altitude. So like if you know if you work out in New York, it's a big difference if you work out in Denver because the air has high altitude. Mm-hmm. So you get a better workout with your breathing. Okay. What they did is some way find a way to package this system. So now they're selling it to colleges. So when they work out in their gyms, you got like a Denver-type atmosphere. So if you work out in that type of climate, you're getting twice the stamina you would get in a regular climate. So they're selling these packages to college and the NBA players are doing it for their home gym. Mm. And I'm like, and he's, he hasn't put it, he's about to go public with it, which means put it in the stock market. And he owns over 20 million shares in that department. You know what I mean? <laughs> So I was like, yo, that is some dope shit. Yeah, he about to be lit. Yeah, yeah, he lit, B. He lit now. They, right. they popping. Once they go public, he's going to be really popping. I'm proud of him as a human being. You know, even though I probably, he been with me since he's 16, 17 years old. I want him to go to NBA. But just to see him making it in life is dope. You know what I mean? So I, back to the game point of view, I just wanted to throw that out there. Yeah, I'm dope. not going to bet against A until he lose. But the way South was so cool about the game leading up to the game. I'm like, this dude's kind of like a quiet assassin. You got to watch <laughs> out for them, for them quiet ones. Quiet ones, yeah. The quiet ones That's is crazy. And, and they showed in the game, man, and he, and he won, and he well-deserved. It was a great victory. 
and a butter handled it well, but Sap put that work in. He was working out, and right now he's the new king of Harlem. So we gonna wait and see uh, who he plays next. I got something in store, but I don't want to talk about it till it's hundred percent. Right, right, right. Yeah. So let's talk about the music. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, and since this is a smokers club, you already know what it is. Let's talk about Purple Haze. Okay. Is that the next project, Purple Haze Two? Yeah, I think it's gonna be my next. It's definitely gonna be the next project. I'm gonna try and get it out before the year is over. You know, so many people. I'm so I'm not gonna lie. I probably have about three, four deals on the table. But with me, just transitioning, you gotta realize this is my. I'm on. I just turned forty, but this is my third. <coughs> this is my third decade in music. So it's about learning how to transition each year, like. My first album came out, it was cassette tapes still being played. Mm -hmm. You know, then we transferred to the CDs. Now it's, it's USBs and streaming, et cetera. And I'm one of them people that need to, you know, being, not, being that I didn't get a good deal on my first two albums and mm -hmm. I learned the game by the time I got to Rockefeller, I'm one of these people who do the due diligence and do the knowledge before I put anything out. That's why I may have been a minute since I put out an official album because I'm like, okay, I'm looking at sales, I'm looking at how... You know, once it comes out the first week, the second week it's almost over because all the streaming and all the bootlegging. And, you know, once the cool kids these days feel, and I'm not damn nobody, I'm just telling you, I got little cousins and shit. Mm -hmm. they, they feel you whack if you pay for music. Like, you pay for it? You bugging, yo. We can get this from so-and-so, so-and-so site for free. But now what I've been learning in the last year or so is how to get money from streaming also. Right. So now I'm ready to put a project out because I'm like, it got to be a way the money's still coming in from somewhere. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, you put out an album, it's a big hit after the second week because now it isn't like people can't get to the sales game. You know, so would you put out the album for free? Nah. <laughs> and live off the streams though? Oh, I, mean, I mean, of course. You're always going to live off the streams these days, but I wouldn't put it out for free because I still got bags to pick up. Was people offer me money. Right. And, it's, and they know what a commodity I am, so they want to be in business with me. But um, I wouldn't put it out for free. You know what I mean by free? Like, I don't mean just like free. I just mean like, all right, the album came out. Boom. The download is here with this company. Because you know these companies be setting up all types of programs. Yeah. For how they want. And I mean. Yeah, I mean, what I'm saying is this. What you're saying, I would do, but it's a bag that come with it. Like, right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, I got a, I got bags waiting for me right now that I'm just like, I'm not going to rush because... I want to make sure it's 100%. Then not only that, it isn't like I'm 19, 20, 21, 22 anymore. It isn't like I'm on, I'm in the fourth quarter of my career as far as music is concerned. Mm -hmm. So I, anything I do, it got to be done the right way. You know what I'm saying? It needs to be done properly. And I need to be with the right people. And I need to make sure that they realize I'm in the fourth quarter also. Even though I'm going to put out the best music that I've probably ever put out in my life. But I'm not, I'm not young. So at the end of the day... You got to realize the music that I'm going to give you is dope and it's going to be s fucking spectacular. I need to make sure you go put the best effort in for me and realize this is Cam that's going to put this this fucking crazy music out and don't just treat me like some regular artist that's mm -hmm. coming in there and take go to the next artist. I'm a commodity. I put the work in already. So I understand how companies work. They'll sit there and be like, all right, we got this project in April, this project in May, this project in June, July. Now, nah, listen. We need to wipe out September to December and don't focus on nothing else but this project if I'm going to come work with you. You right. get what I'm saying? So that's where I'm at with it. I think the fans is waiting for the for that Purple Haze album, mm -hmm. Purple Haze 2. Yeah, I know. Thank you, bro. You know what Appreciate I mean? It. Yeah. You, do you still smoke Haze? Like, is yeah. this is this like a, a new retro album? Mm -hmm. Or is it like... Well, you know what's crazy is that I just started getting my hands on some good haze again recently. Your man actually, he got the old school haze. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and I'm like, it, it was hard to find. You know what I'm saying? Because everybody started just getting other stuff. But what I'm working on now is actually growing my own strand of purple haze. You know mm. what I'm saying? So we, you know, I know it takes about three, four months. So we're in the process of that and letting that joint marinate now out in Colorado. And uh, that's what I'm gonna be smoking. But it's like. 
the old new purple haze. Like the new joint. Yeah, the new but still old. Because I did I did a um I was talking to my OG, you know what I mean? He was breaking some shit down to me about the haze. Mm -hmm. And he was just like, you know, it's about the altitudes. You know what I mean? Because you know that haze, it always came from Miami. That 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 real shit that we always loved, you know what I mean? And he was just like, yo, you know, in the mountains you can't get that. That don't grow there. Yeah. So it's gonna always, I guess, be some new type of. Yeah. You feel what I'm saying? Absolutely. Yep. But I'm telling you that 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 air. Yeah. That Miami air. But you know one Miami. thing. Miami. My thing is this <laughs> with me too. Um, even with that being said, if it ain't right, I'm not gonna promote. We go. We'll go back to the drawing board to mm-hmm. get it right. So, yeah. You know what I mean? So even if. What's your five top weeds that you like smoking right now? To this, you know to what I mean? To be honest. But I don't smoke like I used to. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? But when you do... Yeah, well, I don't have a top five. Because we... See, I'm not in the game like you. You know, you're the smokers <laughs> club. Your sight's above. You're Bubsy. <laughs> you know, you're Mr. Purple City. So with me, I get what I can take. And that, don't get me wrong, it ain't no garbage. Nah, you but, always get the five. Yeah, yeah. So like, I, I'm... You know, and it may sound older you, but it's maybe sour. or I still get haze. Like, mm-hmm. or, you know... It's random. With me, I still like to support my own. You know what I'm saying? So I'll go outside the hood and buy ten dollars from somebody. Yeah. Or buy just to support just them. to support them or get twenty twenties. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like you what know? you got? Yeah. All right. Let me. I'm buy gonna see it. if it's good. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah, I should try it. It ain't nothing. <laughs> yeah. It ain't nothing to go get a half a p or a few ounces or whatever. But I still support. So whatever dudes got in the hood, I'll grab it. And it ain't like, it ain't like you could go in a corner and be like, yo, we got the cookies. Mm-hmm. You know, that's some, that's gourmet almost. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so I don't really go out my way. I like supporting my community, even though people may be like, oh, okay, what kind of, whatever, man. I like to smoke weed. So, so I'm going to name weeds and you tell me, yeah. yay and nay. Yeah. Haze. Definitely. OG Kush. I'll smoke it from time to time. When I have it, it's good. Um, Sour. Yeah. Um, Granddaddy Purple. I haven't had that in years, but when I did have it, it, was, I did, cool. it was cool when I had it. Um, and what's the last one? I, oh, the cookies. Cookies is crazy. Yeah, I was out there with Burner. Actually, like, let me tell you this, because it was some other shit. It was, when I was out with Burner a few months ago, he had cookies. It was crazy. And he had some other shit that just came in called Skittles. Yeah, Skittles. That's Skittles. my favorite right there. Yeah, Skittles was cool. Shout out to um, Z Green Hands and all that. Yeah, you know yeah, she had Skittles, and I was like, yo, y'all niggas just out here just bugging out. B, I can't smoke all this shit at one time like hey, I please. used to. It did it not smell and taste like Skittles? Yes, it was delicious. It was yeah. delicious, man. Yeah, it yeah. was dope, B. Yeah. So it was, it was, it was definitely a dope. Dope while I'm out there smoking that shit with them dudes and shit. But we from New York, you know what I mean? We don't, I can't, doesn't go for you, but the average <laughs> New Yorker can't get their hands on everything. Like if you lived on the West Coast, you live on the West Coast, not even just Cali, you know, it's in Washington State, in Denver, you walk down the street and just go in the dispensary. You know what I'm saying? Like right. it's almost like a grocery store. When I stand, I stayed in LA for a year last year. And I had my weed card, and I and it was perfectly legal. And I felt like I was doing something legal. Like I hit the buzzer, they let me in, and it's a whole store of weed. Be and I'm right. thinking the cops is gonna <laughs> fam. This shit was legal, whether it's potato chips, whether it's the popcorn you want to put in the Soda, microwave, all types. sodas, cookies, like literal edible cookies. Like and then not only that, they got all the weed and prescription models like fucking <laughs> drugs like fucking you're at the drugstore so we can't do that in New York you know if you are and on the west coast you got a whole nother lifestyle and approach to when it comes to smoking weed as opposed to us you mm-hmm. know what I mean I got my friends who come see me from Cali here like don't smoke that in the car like what are you serious I'm like yo you will go to jail tonight quick for, right now for the whole night They'll try to take yeah. this car yeah like, like you know you smoking in LA <laughs> and you got your card on you you can smoke so, how do you feel about dabbing? I dab. Have you done that? Yeah, I, I went to um, High Times in Amsterdam. They took me over there, and I was out there dabbing with them um, when I went out to Amsterdam with High Times, and it was cool. You know, it was it was different. You know, right. 
You see the purity of the weed, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, out in Cali, they loving that dab. Yes. Yeah. They almost don't even smoke regular. They call it flour. They be like, oh, we don't even want the flour. We just want the concentrate and all yeah. that. Yeah. For me, I feel like it's too extreme. Yeah. I like smoke. I grew up on a blunt culture. Yeah. I don't like joints really like that. I like yeah. backwoods. Mm-hmm. I like Dutches. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, um, you know, the yeah. weed is good, so everything yeah, tastes I mean, good. Like I said, it's, it's, for me, I agree with you. I grew up in the Dutch, Dutch culture also. For me, it's just, unless you got one of them G-pens or whatever, it's just too much of a process of, you know, they, but they turn it into an event. Oh, everybody come here and they put it in and mm-hmm. it's just, you know, I like smoking a blunt, holding it in between my fingers, watching TV. I don't necessarily like motherfucking going to a pipe <laughs> to smoke right. my weed, yeah. you know what I mean? So It's a little extra. Yeah, so that's what I'm about to it's say. It's a little extra. Yeah, but I'm not against it, you know. No, I think it's cool when yeah. they have all the fancy rigs and yeah. trains. If I, and yeah, if I'm in an event and that's going on with some niggas that I'm cool with, cool. But just for my personal, I roll a blunt and watch TV. You know what I'm saying? I, I'd rather just have a blunt and ashtray right by me than to have a machine. Right, me just too, man. Pure, yeah. that's, that's real talk. Yeah. Well, yo, listen, killer, man. Like, I'm happy I got to get up with you. I know you be running... Busy and all that, you know what I mean? Yeah, anytime, bro. You know, we brothers before any rap or podcast or anything else. And I already know, like, you won't be doing radio and all that, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, yeah. not like on YouTube, you don't do radio, but by choice. Yeah, like, I don't, I, yeah, I don't, I don't do no interviews. Exactly. Turn, I'm not gonna lie to you. I turn interviews there every day from everybody because I don't wanna talk to nobody really, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Figure me out on your own. Right. I don't really do no interviews. I'll show you emails from today, at least 10 interviews I turned down. And after this, because you my man, I don't mm-hmm. mind talking to you, and, and you my brother, but after today, I probably won't do another interview for See, another few more years. So. This is what I'm talking about. Right. This is the Smokers Club. This is Bubs, bro. This is Mr. Aikiki. The man killer cam, you already know what it right. is. Thanks for having me, bro. I appreciate it. I appreciate it, it too, bro. Right. Bubs 01 on Twitter, Shice Bubs on Instagram, Shice Bubs on Snapchat, S H I E S T B U B Z. Yeah, man, like you know.